On September 3rd, 2020, Nintendo finally unveiled their plans for the 35th anniversary of Mario, celebrating his first adventure on the home console back in 1985, although he did technically make his first appearance a few years earlier in the arcade scene. But since 1985, Mario has basically been unstoppable and has grown into one of the most valuable IPs in the world, rivaling giants like Mickey Mouse and Star Wars. We now understand what is planned for the celebration of Mario despite being hamstrung by the pandemic, but what we have yet to understand is what does Nintendo have planned for 2021 and the 35th anniversary of The Legend of Zelda. This week on the Video Games Podcast. We are all likely aware that 2020 is the year of Mario, or at least it was supposed to be. This year marked the 35th anniversary of the famous mustache plumber making his debut on the home console in 1985. His impact on pop culture and his legacy with Nintendo cannot be understated, but it brings something else to mind. The very next year, in 1986, the world was introduced to some amazing fantasy adventures with a young character named Link. The Legend of Zelda is likely the third most important franchise for Nintendo, right behind Spoken of Mario and Pokemon. As a series, The Legend of Zelda has accumulated over a hundred million in sales, and it would be a shame if Nintendo didn't have something awesome planned for the series that would at least rival what the company did for Mario and his 35th anniversary in 2020. Nintendo is very much a company that likes to stick to a formula and likes to repeat something if it works. As much as we like to gripe about remakes, remasters, and just plain old re-releases of older Nintendo games, we always buy them. A recent example would be Link's Awakening for the Nintendo Switch, which was a remake of a 1991 Game Boy cult favorite, and it has managed to sell almost 5 million copies. Nintendo following patterns is important to figure out what they will do in the future based on what they have done in their history. And when trying to figure out exactly what they might do for The Legend of Zelda in 2021, it's quite relevant to look at exactly what they did for Mario in 2020 and draw some comparable conclusions. The more paramount features of Mario's 35th anniversary include a Game & Watch, Mario Bros. 35, Super Mario 3D World Port, and Super Mario 3D All-Stars, but unfortunately nothing brand new in the series like an Odyssey sequel. And following the same pattern, what does next year hold for Link? Outside of the Breath of the Wild sequel, the most likely thing to happen on this list will be a Zelda Game & Watch. The reason for the Game & Watch to be as close to a sure thing as possible is for a few reasons. Nostalgia plays a huge factor for Nintendo when it comes to selling their products, which immediately brings to mind the NES and the SNES Mini Retro Classics and how well they sold is a perfect example. People love remembering the great times they had when they were kids, how carefree life was, and they now want to share that magical spark with their new family. Personally, some unforgettable moments of my childhood gaming past include playing the original Zelda on the NES with the whole family gathered around one small CRT TV, while my parents still had an interest in gaming. That feeling of exploring magical lands as a family is something that I can't wait to share with my own children. 
out of the multitude of versions that Nintendo created of the Game & Watch back in the late 80s, The Legend of Zelda was one that existed, which means that we will likely see a new one in 2021. The edition that was created this year for Super Mario Bros. was around $40 and featured the original game and a bright colorful LCD screen. And despite how many times Nintendo has sold us the original Super Mario Bros., people still seem to buy it, as pre-order stock for the nostalgic handhold is basically out of stock everywhere. We will have to wait until November when it releases to see if supply is able to match demand, but it seems likely that this will be a similar case to the SNES and NES classics where supply was always constrained. This is the only way that we will see an 8-bit or 16-bit Zelda released during the anniversary as the first three entries are already available on Nintendo Switch Online and there is no reason that Nintendo would want to cannibalize those users. It also seems highly unlikely that Nintendo would take the time and financial resources to create a cast for the shell of the Game & Watch to only use it once for the Super Mario Bros. edition that comes out later this year. There is a great chance that moving forward, we will see new editions featuring classics from the 8-bit and 16-bit era. One of the more underwhelming features of Mario's 35th anniversary was the collection Super Mario 3D All-Stars. Full transparency, I purchased the collection, but sadly not because it was a great package. The numerous problems with the bundle have been talked about on just about every site, but the lack of effort that was given to Super Mario 64, the missing Galaxy 2, and the overall price of the bundle were some of the main criticisms. It didn't even feature any cool packaging, just the case and the cartridge, no small art book included, no digital art book included that we have seen from games like the Mega Man Collection. This was a challenging year for many people and many companies, including Nintendo, who seemed to be affected more than the average due to their privacy and security concerns, which doesn't translate well to working from home. If there was to be a collection for The Legend of Zelda, then the most logical answer would be one that would delight fans. As mentioned earlier, bundling together the original three that span from the NES to the NES wouldn't make sense because those games already exist on the Nintendo Switch Online and Nintendo wants you to buy that service. A fully remastered version of The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask bundled together would be a home run. Ocarina of Time is the best reviewed game of all time and the last time it was able to be purchased was way back in 2011 for the 3DS. This also wouldn't be the first time that Ocarina and Majora were bundled together as the Legend of Zelda Collector's Edition was a promotional disc that was released with the GameCube to help generate anticipation for Wind Waker. Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask are the third and fourth best-selling games in the franchise according to the NPD Group, right behind Breath of the Wild for the Switch and Twilight Princess for the Wii. This collection would be a guaranteed success now that Nintendo has an install base of over 60 million as of June 30th, 2020, with that number expected to be around 80 million by the end of the fiscal year on March 31st, 2021. In over three years since the Switch has been available, there has been a pattern of releasing Wii U games that didn't get the success or recognition that they deserved due to the criminally low user base of around 13 million. We have seen everything from Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze, Captain Toad, New Super Mario Bros. U, Pikmin 3, and the upcoming Super Mario 3D World that will be released in 2021. The Legend of Zelda Wind Waker HD makes perfect sense as it was the ninth best-selling game on the Wii U. 
We have already seen Nintendo port just about everything else from the Wii U, trying to atone for that system, and seeing Wind Waker would fall right in line with what else they have done with the Switch so far. The other reason is that the art style of Wind Waker, although polarizing upon release, does have a timeless look to it that doesn't deteriorate over time due to its graphical limitations. There is also the outside chance that we could see Twilight Princess, which also received a Wii U port but failed to pop into the top 10 sales for the system. I think it would be great to see both of those games released during the 35th anniversary of Zelda, but I think Wind Waker has a more recent track of success and it also features an art style that is easier to sell to the mass market. What we currently know right now is that Breath of the Wild 2 is in the works and has been for some time now. The good news is that the game is using the exact same engine and probably a lot of the same assets from the original, which will help speed up development time, similar to the turnaround between Ocarina and Majora, which was only two years. Initially announced at the end of Nintendo's Direct E3 from 2019, the sequel has gone somewhat dark in the time since. The only information that has been floating around was the speculation that the sequel to the best-selling Legend of Zelda game ever was going to be a launch title for the also-speculated Nintendo Switch Pro due out in 2021. As with any speculation, especially when it comes to Nintendo, it is best to temper your expectations, but launching the Switch in 2017 with Breath of the Wild is about as close as you will ever get to a system-selling software. People were so thirsty for a brand new adventure in Hyrule that in the beginning, Breath of the Wild was actually outselling the Switch hardware. As it has been seen time and time again, Nintendo loves following a pattern when it works. And just launching Breath of the Wild 2 in 2021 would be a pretty good 35th anniversary for the series. Before thinking that the inhabitants of Hyrule are the only people who should be celebrating their 35th anniversary, there is another franchise that deserves a little time in the spotlight as well. 2021 will also mark the 35th birthday of Metroid. Well, technically Samus, when the original Metroid hit the NES in 1986. Expectations for much to happen for Metroid in 2021 are low due to Nintendo and their risk aversion. As much as it seems like Metroid is one of their Goliath franchises, the honest truth is that more along the lines the series is struggling to find the mainstream. What we currently know about the series is that Metroid Prime 4 is in the works, but exactly what phase is anyone's guess. It was first announced at E3 in 2017, just mere months after the release of the Nintendo Switch. It wasn't much, but it was a logo that closed out their Nintendo Direct and did enough to let longtime series fans know that the franchise will be making its return on the hybrid system. Metroid Prime 4 was a slightly bittersweet moment due to the eventual reveal that it was being developed by Bandai Namco and not the series veterans, Retro Studios. However, sometimes it's best to get a different perspective on the series from a different studio and give them the benefit of the doubt that they will be able to make an amazing game. At this point, anything was better than nothing, and the last time the series saw a full entry was in 2007 with Metroid Prime 3 Corruption. Fast forward to 2019 and nothing has been heard of from Metroid Prime 4 since we were teased a logo in space. Then, on a random Friday in January, Nintendo releases a video explaining that the development of Metroid Prime 4 had gone back to Retro Studios, the team that started it all, as Bandai Namco was not progressing as they would have liked. The thing is... 
Nintendo is likely not in much of a rush as Metroid isn't much of a priority. Metroid, as important as it may seem to any fan of the series, has always struggled to find the mainstream. Total sales for the complete Metroid series since 1986 is approximately 18 million, which is not great, especially when there have been 14 entries as of 2020. To put that in perspective just a little, there are currently six titles on the Nintendo Switch that have sold over 18 million or around that, including Super Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Super Smash Ultimate, Pokemon Sword and Shield, Animal Crossing New Horizons, and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. Even the last entry in the series, Metroid Samus Returns on the 3DS, fell flat despite its extremely positive critical reaction. The game managed to score 90 and above from Polygon, Game Informer, GameSpot, and Nintendo Life. It was released in 2017 as a reimagining of a Game Boy Classic, and it didn't make any sense why it was made for the 3DS and not for the newly released Nintendo Switch. Unfortunately, the massive praise couldn't help Samus as the game only managed to sell around 500,000 copies, and when you consider that the install base for 3DS was around 75 million, and Samus Returns was only able to sell around half a million, it's a miracle that Nintendo is still invested in Metroid at all and hasn't given up on the series. As for what we could hope for, more accurately dream for to see in 2021 from Metroid would be a few things. I think a smart idea would be to take the assets from the internally developed Metroid Samus Returns and apply it to a new Switch title. If Samus Returns was a reimagining of the Game Boy version of Metroid 2 Return of Samus, then it would only seem logical to get a reimagining of an earlier title from the 16-bit era or earlier. This would leave a few options. We could either see the first game in the series, Metroid, from the NES, or the SNES title, Super Metroid. The other option would be to create a completely original storyline from the ground up, but that would seem like a higher financial investment, and it wouldn't introduce new players to the existing storyline. The other dream for 2021 would be to see Metroid Prime Trilogy remastered for the Switch. The trilogy has already appeared on Nintendo's last two home consoles, making its first appearance on the Wii back in 2009, and then it's made its way to its Wii U digitally in 2015. It would be nice to see it remastered for the modern era, but after seeing the caliber of treatment that went into Super Mario 3D All-Stars, nothing can be expected. The glass looks half full rather than half empty when considering the chances of either a 2D Metroid or Prime Trilogy being remastered in 2021. As mentioned, it is the 35th anniversary of the series, but more importantly, it's highly unlikely that Metroid Prime 4 will be released in 2021, but a higher possibility that it will see the light of day in 2022, and something needs to be done to whet the appetite of fans, get people interested in Metroid again, and both of these options seem like a low risk for Nintendo, as resources would be minimal compared to a new game. If being part of seven generations of Nintendo home consoles has taught me anything, it's that everything is possible, and at the same time, impossible. Nintendo always marches to the beat of its own drum, which means in 2021, this could be the most amazing time to be a Nintendo fan, with the speculation of a new Pro Switch model, hopes of a 35th anniversary for The Legend of Zelda, and dreams of a smaller Metroid celebration. There is also a strong chance that almost nothing on this wishlist happens because that is who Nintendo is. Weird experiments like Virtual Boy, Labo, and Ring Fit happen at the same time when expected sequels from popular franchises slide into the shadows. 
That's going to be all for the Video Games Podcast this week. Thank you very much, as always, for listening. And please remember to be nice to your fellow gamer. And more importantly, be nice to your fellow human. Thank you.